Hello, this is Abed Badran. Uh, this is a podcast uh, theory class series on uh, beam and the smart construction. Uh, this podcast will be uh, focused on uh, one of the powers uh, of industrial revolution uh, and its effects on beam. It's uh, the IoT, Internet of Things. Uh, and the integration between uh, IoT and BIM for real-time and automation and fabrication and uh, construction. With the Internet of Things, we are starting to see new devices for buildings like smart thermostats, uh, talking fridges and lights that react to our presence. In 2017, a survey in the U.S. pointed out that there are almost 8.4 million connected things. On the way of pursuing improvement in construction and operational efficiencies, connected real-time data streams from the rapidly expanding set of IoT sensor network to the high-fidelity BIM models provides numerous applications and real-time decision-making on the construction. However, BIM and IoT integration research, which they were called all the time the digital twins, are still in emerging stages. There is a need to understand the current situation of BIM and IoT device integration. For this, we have uh, Keen Wormsley. He's an expert, a software architect in research team in Autodesk. He's working on projects that integrate IoT data with Beam via the Forge uh, platform, as well as he's working on generative design in the AEC uh, space. Welcome, Keen. We are happy here for uh, having you, and thank you for accepting our invitation. And welcome, audience. Hopefully, this broadcast will shed some light on this emergent technology. So, Kim, uh, a big picture. Uh, please, what does BIM, IoT, mean for automation in construction? So, I think there's going to be some really... Well, first of all, thank you very much for the invitation to, to join this podcast. I'm happy to be talking to you and to the various listeners out there. I should say that first. So um, in terms of BIM and IoT, I think there's lots of really important potential for this technology, whether in you know fabrication, constru con construction, or operations in general. I mean, we've mostly been exploring the operations side of things, you know, with a project called Dasher, which mm -hmm. started in late 2009. Um, you know, we, it was before anybody was talking about digital twins. It was before the, the use of the term IOT was very widespread or, or used at all really. Um, but we saw this, this trend to, with, um, sensors becoming cheaper and more ubiquitous, um, cloud-based data storage coming down in cost over time as well. So we had this idea although the original research team had this idea that, you know, why throw away data um, that's coming from a building? Why not capture everything you can about a building and store it for as long as you can? Mm -hmm. And then with time, the you'll start to see trends in how things are performing, how the building's performing, how it's being used. And at that point, you can really start to um, 
you know optimize the the performance of your building or your or your bridge or you know whatever it is that, that you're trying to 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 operate um and and you know that the value of that data will increase over time now as we sort of talk about construction in particular when it's a lot more construction is a much more dynamic environment so there's a lot more you know moving pieces mm -hmm. to deal with you know whether it's you know assets uh, moving around a construction site um you know whether it's the phases of the construction project itself so it's there's always been a lot more complexity there that you need to manage but i think similarly the the, the benefits are, are probably even higher in the sense that if you can have um a real-time view of how uh, a project is progressing and and the you know anticipate issues related to safety that there is really massive opportunity in in mm -hmm. construction by by sort of harnessing the the combination of bim and iot um you know what we've been looking at or what we've found with dasha from the operation side is that this combination of of having sensor data with a 3d environment um really gives you this this the ability to to absorb large amounts of data and to spot things happening in the data that you probably wouldn't otherwise be able to see if the data was just stored away in a database and you know you just have graphs showing the data you know the 3d environment allows you to contextualize this 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 um, large amount of sensor data um, and really make sense of it mapped into a 3d context you can see data from multiple sensors influencing um you know visualization effects on yeah, the 3d amazing. model there's there's lots of opportunities there so i think that that's also something that will have um benefit with construction as well over time so i i saw that project it's amazing really and uh, gives um um uh, the industry uh, i mean a good example what's gonna come however our, our concerns as um as architects in which phase of the project should the data of IoT meet the design in being? So, so this is a this is a very interesting question in the sense that with Dasha, most of what we've explored um, until now has really been focused on taking you know an as-built BIM model and and adding in sensor data. No, no, I wouldn't say after the fact, but it certainly hasn't been something that has been. Mm -hmm. We're, we're but just because of as i said with construction the complexity is so much higher we haven't really focused on the the much more dynamic use case of construction until now it's been easier to go in late on um once once uh, a project is, is really finished or you know the construction has happened and we can you know create this as built model and then essentially connect that to to iot for operations now the opportunity though of course is to engage much sooner in the in the process um how soon depends on 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 different things i mean one a project that one of the reasons we didn't do this inside dasha is just because we've had a small team focused on it and our focus has been very much on the iot piece of the puzzle not so much on managing the model from a digital twin perspective now in mm -hmm. over the last year there's a project called autodesk tandem that started up which is focused on the modeling aspects you know how do you take bim through from early stage you know conceptual yeah. design all the way through 
you know through through construction to operations so that and, and that data remains valid and increases in value as as it and and mm-hmm. is kept up to date throughout the the life cycle now there with that kind of sort of coherent model platform for a digital twin there starts to become much more interesting opportunities to integrate IoT at an earlier stage and at a, you know in a, in a way that that makes sense mm-hmm. there too mm-hmm. so while today so so just to sort of summarize what i said today my team has already been focused on sort of late stage um, integration of IoT but i think increasingly as 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 this you know tandem or other tools start to do a better job of managing data through the life cycle we have an opportunity to to bring that forward and start to integrate iot much sooner okay uh, from beam aspects elaborate more uh, what kind of sensor of data can i get from iot devices yeah so i mean if from my perspective I, you know my, my main focus is on visualizing data so I don't really care very much where the data comes from in the sense mm-hmm. you know I just have numeric numeric values with timestamps um, and so it you know the, it really depends on 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 what the domain is what the use case is you know just to give you some examples I mean we, we very commonly we focus on occupant comfort you know let's take you know co2 levels humidity mm-hmm. um, temperature um, you know to some degree occupancy you know who who is who is in a space you know is there somebody present or not so all of all of this data is is data that we capture and store if we're looking at a bridge project for example which we've which we've been doing recently you know we we can attach accelerometers and strain gauges and um, inclinometers uh, you know we can really start to to make sense of how the bridge is performing based on people um, moving across you know and I mentioned occupancy already you know there are sensors which sort of tell you whether somebody's there or not but we've also been experimenting a lot with using um, cameras as kind of a virtual sensor so ca- what, what we can do with camera data is to take the 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 video footage and extract skeleton data to mm-hmm. anonymize the the positions of or you know to get the, the positions of people but anonymize that data and then we can take the skeletons and display them in a 3d context so that you get a real sense not only of where people are but what they're doing you know start to get a sense of occupant behaviors um you know social behaviors in a context so you can you can start to to understand um, how people relate to each other in a particular space so it really gives it a much higher level of information about how a building is performing just not not just from a functional well it is a functional perspective but you know it's really at the at the human level um so there's lots of opportunities there i'm trying to think what other senses that we have i mean really it's it's the sky is the limit i mean we're we're starting to look at um especially when we're thinking about post-covid um uh, office usage and analysis where we've got some experiments going on at the moment where we're fitting um uh you know gosh i want to get the right the the, the right name of the sensor now um oh i've just had a complete blank anyway so so basically measuring airflow so through ventilation ducts so this is where you can start to see well where is 
um, how is the air flowing through anem anemometers? That's the word. That's the word I was looking for. It exactly. took me a little while. For some reason, I had a lithiometer in my head, but that's from his Dark Materials. It's a science, you know, a, a fantasy book. Um, anemometers. So that's uh, where, where it's um, assessing the or, or it's or it's capturing the flow of air through in in terms of direction. So this allows us to start to map. Well, you know, because we do various sort of CFD analyses of a space, you know, how are you going to, how do we expect viruses to, to, to travel through a space, but this is going to allow us to really validate many of those assumptions um, and start to, to improve the models that we have for uh, predicting the spread of, you know, viral transmission in, a, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an office space. So that's another example. I mean, but ultimately, for me, all this is just data. It's gnostic when it comes to where the data is coming from. So it, re it really is up to um, you know the, the the customer and the use case. Really, it reminds me with another um, uh, technology. It's IOB, Internet of Bodies. So I mm. I can imagine that somehow the beam and the IOB will be uh, integrated between the physical and the digital and the biological. My question, I mean, to what extent in, in it is possible to get a direct feedback data mm -hmm. via um, IoT equipment during a test moment? And how can beam care of those data to improve automation and construction or design quality? Yeah, so it's it's absolutely possible to do real to get real time feedback um, via sensors. I mean, it hasn't you know it hasn't been our focus in Project Dasha. We our focus has very much been on providing an an environment for um, exploration of historical data. So how you know let let's go and take a look at a certain time period. Um, in yeah. the past and see how how things have changed between then and now or you know or, or how that compares to a, a period before so it's really been about more um, offline analysis if you like of, of the data and that said you can absolutely okay. bring the data through in either in absolute real time by getting connections mm -hmm. through because and, and then you sort of you know you have some sort of edge device where you'll be gathering the data, but rather than just sending it into a database, which is where we did the historical stuff, um, it may also be sending it directly into your browser, um, you know, using technologies such as WebSockets or other sort of communication mechanisms to get the data more, more, more mm -hmm. quickly. Um, that's definitely possible. And we've done some experiments related to that, um, you know, so we can, Again, going back to this and um, this this the thing I mentioned earlier about the skeletons being displayed. You know, we've done some experiments where we can actually see the skeletons for people walking across a bridge in real time as they're walking across the bridge, um, because we're able, rather than having to do that, uh, send that data into a database, we're processing it at the edge, sending it through. Um, to the browser directly at the same time as we're sending it into the database. So the latency goes, goes down to, to, to very, li very little. So we can start to think about using um, this real-time analysis to see where people are in a construction site, to see um, where the assets and the materials are flowing through a construction site, identify potential issues with, um, you know, somebody has, automatic you know gone into a, a zone of the site where they really shouldn't be there 
um, this is very easy to pick up these mm -hmm. days using computer vision and machine learning to say to you know automatically get flagged before an accident happens. Um, you know, mm -hmm. we're doing things with with um, you know with computer vision as well to say well people inside an office space um, how often are they touching their faces and then or you know and then touching touching uh, a work surface. You know, should we be scheduling somebody to come through and clean in a particular space in order to to, to reduce the the risk of, of viral transmission through, you know, contact with with um, with surfaces mm -hmm. in, a, in a workspace? So you can start to again, privacy is a, is clearly an issue here. You know, in the sense we need to yeah, to to anonymize this and to make sure that it, it's it it you know it's not about it's in risk. It, it's, it's not our privacy in risk. It, there's risk, but so there's no. there, there's a trade-off there. I mean, <laughs> and once again, where we might have totally anonymized data in terms of the skeleton data, but if somebody sat at a certain desk, where there's probably a high a degree of certainty that it's the person who occupies that space on a normal basis. So you can start to, you know, we, we have to be careful about this sort of data collection and, and yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, you, you, you know now. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it's very interesting, actually. Yeah, um, I, I see that. Um, I, I mean, relating to uh, privacy, it's, it's something that uh, just emerged now uh, in our uh, talk. Um, do you, you know that? I mean, enemies to today come uh, from uh, uh, the cyber. I mean, is there a little doubt in that this privacy uh, data or uh, this um, uh, information can be a kind of a weapon against us in the future. It relates to my to next question. I mean, what are the opportunities and capabilities and also the risks? Well, so what is next? Yeah, so it's an interesting question. I mean, we've been we've been um, we, we, you know, you know, working on a project recently, which has got intense privacy implications in the sense that it's, so let, let me paint the picture, you know, so we've been working with a, a startup called MX3D in the Netherlands, and they've, they've been building or they've built the, the, the first robotically constructed steel bridge in the world. So it's been 3D printed by welding mm -hmm. robots, you can imagine them just sort of welding Con continually welding up yeah, the, 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 the yeah. profile of this bridge so they've built this yeah, bridge exactly. and we've put sensors into the bridge to one because it's a new build a new type of construction material um we nobody really knows how it's going to perform we think it's over-engineered in fact it is over-engineered for sure because you know <laughs> you don't want to take any chances but we want to understand more about how the bridge performs in the middle of winter versus the middle of summer, because there's obviously going to be, uh, you know, the ambient temperature is going to be extremely different. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see um, what happens ultimately. So, and, and also to the, to, with a view to later on being able to take this data and then potentially generatively design the next iteration of this bridge in a much more optimal way. So to reduce the amount of, of you know, uh -huh. resources that are used to, to build it. But that's, that's kind of like a, a longer term potential for for digital twins is to feed generative design but um one of the so this bridge is being placed across a um a canal in amsterdam now amsterdam the netherlands in general are very uh, very very uh concerned overall about individual privacy 
you know, so they're extremely mm -hmm. concerned. Not only that, but this bridge is going to be placed across a canal in the red light district of Amsterdam. So not, you know, we're going to have people crossing the bridge, going past the bridge, who are, you know, perhaps they're, you know, anyway, they're, they're pursuing whatever the activities they're interested in pursuing, but it's going to be extremely important for us to maintain privacy, individual privacy for people traveling around this neighborhood. And, you know, so, so that is an extremely interesting test case for whether we can anonymize data um, to the extent that people are completely anonymous and and you know we have no possibility of tracking them so that that you know it, we're fairly fairly certain well we're certain that we're that um the the data that we're storing is in no way um in, it doesn't include any identifiable information but theoretically yeah. maybe you could do some gate analysis process processing to to start to you know in combination with other data that might you might get access to in the space yeah. maybe something could could happen there we're, we're pretty sure it's not um feasible at least with today's technology that that this data could be used to um, you know to in, infringe on individuals privacy uh, but it is absolutely a concern that we have to to be sensitive to and that's this is just privacy at an individual level i mean of course you need to um think about employers um, and, and the potential that they have for monitoring employees and conceivably yeah. um, taking, uh, you know, taking action on those employees based on, you know, the, the, the perception that they're not fulfilling the task mm -hmm. that they've been employed to do. So there's, there's definitely areas of concern with IoT in general when it comes to um, monitoring people. Um, so you know, I won't. I don't want to un, under, yeah, underestimate that. And and what about the um, capabilities and future capabilities for this uh, technology? I mean, in uh, aspects of construction and uh, fabrication, uh, what uh, what are the opportunities? What the future is? Yeah, I think I've maybe talk to that forward. a little bit in the sense that a lot of the things that I have mentioned we're not yet doing so when we talk about construction and you know monitoring a construction site and you know or a, or a factory um, you know right now most of our projects have been focused on a more static environment talking about sort of mm -hmm. operations but when you're talking about operation you know operating a factory or constructing a building of course this this dynamic aspect comes into play and the again the opportunities i, I think there are around safety around um, monitoring quality around sort of optimizing um the use mm -hmm. of, of, of assets and uh you know and, and material uh so it's mm -hmm. so really ultimately reducing the amount of waste that that there is at the moment you know i forget what the you know it's like a third of of the materials used for a construction project are, are wasted typically um so mi minimizing that i mean there's clearly an opportunity to really radically um improve the situation in construction when it comes to to material usage now i won't claim to be an expert on construction as i said i'm mostly focused on on the software aspects of visualizing data um but but mm -hmm. I, you know, I I can just from my perspective, I can see a lot of opportunity. Okay, Keen, uh, really um, uh, interesting emergent uh, field. Thank you very much. Uh, 
behalf of the school and behalf of the audience. Okay. Uh, and uh, hope to meet. Absolutely. <laughs> once once things have you know gone back, hope gone back to normal or got more normal. Um, in the meantime, you know, and this is so so people should feel free to connect via LinkedIn um, or via Twitter. I'm on Twitter as um, at Key yeah. and W. Mm. Um, similarly, you know, you can reach out. You can you know get hold of me um, via email as well. It's first name dot last name at autodesk.com um so yeah, thank you very thank much you. for for paying attention to this and, and thank you for the you know for the interesting questions thanks and thanks uh, to the audience okay thanks thank everyone. you very much thanks bye 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 Kim.